You're listening to This Life Explains It All. With the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world. On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or are going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. Hey guys, I'm Katherine Griffiths. And I'm Stefania Romeo, and you're listening to This Life Explains It All, Vera's podcast. Today, we're really excited because we have one of our favorites on for a conversation. Today, our personal astrologer, Cassandra Joan Butler, is here for a conversation with us on all things astrology and what astrology can tell us about what to expect next in this world with everything going on, the pandemic, the division in our country when to come back to normalcy, some of the things you might be experiencing internally, internal challenges, family, closing out the year, the holidays. There's so, so much in this conversation. Yeah. And if you're a regular listener, you may be familiar with her from the monthly lookaheads she shares each month that are based on your astrological sign. Cassandra is a gifted astrologer and psychic medium. She's been in practice for over 30 years. We both work with Cassandra one-on-one and we cannot recommend her enough. Yeah. Our last episode with Cassandra was a while back. It was episode 17. And I shared some of this then, but in case you don't know, I first discovered Cassandra because my family have been working with Cassandra for years and years. And it's interesting because I grew up in a family that from the outside, you might not think would work with an astrologer or psychic medium. So we grew up religious and a little bit more traditional, but my mom and my aunts all go to Cassandra because once they started working with her, it had such a big impact on their lives. And so that's the beginning of how this all came to be. Yeah. I find working with Cassandra so empowering as, you know, astrology as a modality. I feel like when I feel like I just want to know that I'm on the right track with certain things in my life. And I want to know that everything is connecting and making sense. That's when I seek out Cassandra to work with her on a one-on-one basis. Is that what you do too? Yeah, I think that a couple of things. So first, I think that whenever we're seeking a new modality, we're usually prompted by something. So maybe going through a difficult time or faced with indecision or trying to figure stuff out. And so that was certainly what prompted me to work with her the first time. And it was so impactful. I felt like she really helped me and helped me understand some of the larger themes that were happening, how to navigate through them based on the gifts that I had that come with my chart. But I love Cassandra because she's not fatalistic. It's not like the type of astrology that's predicting what can happen. She talks about it as describing. So she says she doesn't look at astrology as prediction, but description. So essentially she's great at really understanding and making accessible the information of 
what's happening astrologically with the planets right now, what's happening with the eclipses, what types of themes are supported right now and what kinds of things are they setting the stage for? So being a good time for a certain thing to be brought to the forefront versus not a good time. And I really love her style because it really incorporates so much of the fact that we do have our free will and in the end, it's our choices. Yeah, and I think also understanding certain emotions that might be coming up from an because sometimes I just feel, and I know I'm not alone in this, but sometimes I'll just feel like really off and I don't know why and I don't know where it's coming from and nothing happened in my life to make me feel a certain way. So I feel like in those times I look to astrology to see if there's a correlation with what's happening from that perspective and why I might be feeling that way and then what tools I can use to help me get through it. But I really love working with her just because I feel so empowered afterwards. And she's even like, she's so on point with certain things. The first time I worked with her, she was calling out things from my childhood. I don't even know how she would know that based on my chart, but she just said something about like how my dad never treated me like a girl. Like he just kind of like treated me as a person. Like you can do anything Mm -hmm. you want. You're a person. And he really gave me that gift. And it was just Mm -hmm. like, she said that and so much more, but it was just so on point with so many things that happened during my childhood. And I don't, I honestly don't know how she knew all of that stuff. It was really awesome. Yeah. She's amazing. I mean, she is so on point for me, she's been so on point with dates. So sometimes we'll talk about dates that certain things may be coming into fruition or coming into my life. And I'll sometimes listen back on the recordings of the sessions because she always sends you a recording of the session. And I'll be like, oh my God, that was so crazily on point. And I ask her even a question in this interview relating to the kind of internal life, like emotional highs and lows, what's going on. And she helps guide me through those things as well. Mm -hmm. Astrologically speaking, one of the things that we don't talk about in this episode, but maybe we should do another episode with her on is she does, she's a very gifted psychic medium. And so I've been able to connect with past family members, even those that I didn't really have a strong connection with in this life, but crazy, crazy validating things that came through that I was just floored. So I think we should probably get into the episode. You guys are going to love this episode. You may even want to kind of keep your notes around because she gives some guidance on certain things you may want to look at, certain dates, and we found it really helpful. Yeah. So in this conversation, we're talking to Cassandra about when we can expect more normalcy with the pandemic from an astrological perspective, how we'll begin to heal from all the separation we've experienced in our country. Yeah. And when she talks about the U.S.'s birth chart, she's basing that on when the U.S. was born, when it was made a country in 1776. She describes all of this in our previous episode that we did with her, but want to clarify that in case you haven't heard that one. Yep. And she talks about the shadow self and why that may be activated right now. This is something that I brought up and that was happening with me. And she tells us what we can look at in our charts to see what part is coming up to be healed. Yeah. So you might want to pull up your natal chart. If you can pull up your full chart, that's the best. You can go to so many different sites like astrology.com, astro.com, even CoStar. CoStar is a little bit more limited. A couple of the things that she points out, for example, are looking at where Aries falls in your chart, 
also looking at where cancer falls in your chart. One thing I thought was really interesting, Kat, was she mentioned that wherever Aries is showing up in your chart, that's where you're being called to heal. And she goes into much more detail about why in the conversation. We both checked our charts after the conversation and we both have our North node in Aries. And it reminded me that anyone who's born around the time that we are, so late 1986 into 1987, maybe a little bit beyond that as well. Um, But anyone who's born around that time has their North node in Aries. And Aries is what guides essentially our life purpose and mission and where we want to go with our life. And it's really interesting because with that North node in Aries for a lot of us, that's all about life purpose and career. And you might be thinking about like, what do I want to do with my life? And so I wonder if that's coming up for people. Yeah. I think that that's definitely coming up for people right now because everything has been shaken up so much. And, you know, especially people that I talk to and people that I work with, it's just like, well, do I really want to do this anymore? Or do I have something, you know, a higher calling? I feel like that's so relevant right now because we've been shaken up so much this year. And we talk about the key eclipses this year with dates. So what they bring and how to prepare and what could be causing some of the emotional highs and lows that are happening for some of us right now. And then we talk about a hopeful 2021 and how that year is predicted to be very different from 2020 from an astrological perspective. There's a couple of notes I want to give ahead of heading into the conversation. First, early on in the conversation, when we're talking about the pandemic, Cassandra talks about looking out for the virus coming out end of year, but you'll see in context, what she's referring to is potentially a vaccine coming out end of year. So just want to note that so you don't get confused. And Another reflection that we had after this, so Cassandra does talk a lot about guidance on how to navigate seeing family, moving through the holidays, and all of the things that come along with that amidst everything that's going on in the world right now. One of the things she talks about is finding common ground and maybe keeping your conversations and interactions more focused on how you're similar versus how you're different. And one of the reflections we kind of had on that is, Well, of course, she's talking about that in the context of astrology. So astrology supports doing that. And at the same time, we all have to make our own choices around what makes the most sense for us and what's right for us in terms of what kinds of things to talk about and what to bring up with people who have different views than us. This is a great conversation and we hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Let's get into it. So Cassandra, ahead of this, we asked our community, what are the kinds of things that they want us to ask you and what's on people's minds? And one of the biggest things, and I think this doesn't come as a surprise and it's true for us too, is this pandemic. We are exhausted. We have been in different forms of isolation or quarantine. We're ready to get out of this. What can we expect in terms of what's ahead in terms of coming out of this pandemic when we look at what's happening astrologically? I think we'll get a big sign and symbol after December 21st, because December 21st is not just winter solstice, but it's the beginning of a new 20-year cycle 
in the sign of Aquarius. Now, what's Aquarius? Aquarius is the sign of the people. Mm-hmm. The United States of America has an Aquarius moon. So the idea here is that we need to listen and reflect the people's needs most of all. And so I think we might have more of a handle. I mean, speculatively, we may have a virus out by the end of the year. And then I believe that once we hit February, we have a very strong configuration of Saturn, which is the planet of reality, butting up against Uranus, which is the planet of technology. And I believe we'll have more control, even though it's the middle of winter, by February regarding the virus and the pandemic. I feel like when this the pandemic first started, I thought that it was just going to be a couple of weeks or three weeks and it's still going. And now it seems like even in certain places, it's even getting worse. So, you know, and right now with there's so much going on in our country, we're so divided and separated right now. I feel like more than we ever have or we have in a very long time. And we don't want to get too much in to politics, but I think that many of us are looking and hoping for healing and coming all together with this extreme division. So curious to what that looks like astrologically going forward. Sure. And I do a lot of my analysis based on not just the individual players in the government, but really from the source, which is the United States of America's chart. Mm -hmm. So in everyone's chart, including the United States, we have something called Chiron and Chiron is the wounded healer. And I loved your word and your question where you phrased the idea of healing. We're all yearning for healing. So in astrology, each of us have this wounded healer and it gets activated every 50 years so that our old wounds come out in order to be healed. The old scar Mm -hmm. tissue gets ripped open. Having said that, it peaks, this Mars is pushing up against this woundedness on December the 14th, which is another very important date as we wrap up election season. And so, you know, astrology like people and countries is very complex, but the fact that we have Chiron activated in each of our charts where we find Aries I think the message of the pandemic, of the discord in this country racially and societally and politically is about the wound being opened up. It happens every 50 years. The last time it was being opened up was in 1968. And you can make a correlation between the civil rights movement, uh, the women's rights, assassinations of amazing figures in that time frame. We're in that same type of oh my gosh, where is the healing? And it's alive and well and active in the U.S. chart. So in terms of conclusion to this Chiron and Aries in the home house of the U.S. being activated so strongly, I think we get a big wide open wound around December 14th. And then by March of next year, March, April, perhaps we can exhale a little bit and really have some dialogue, which lends itself to healing. 
Is that happening on a personal level as well? I think you mentioned like Chiron being in all of our charts because I feel like I've noticed lately a lot of my shadow self being activated and coming out. So is that like, I guess, happening on an individual level? And is this what this is? Absolutely, Kat. So I would invite listeners to get a hold of their chart and identify Mm -hmm. where Aries falls there, especially if you're Aries rising or Aries moon. Wherever Aries falls, your shadow side is coming up to be healed. And guess what? Around age 50, we all go through a generational developmental healing. If you ask any 50-year-old, are they so much different than they were when they were 40? They'll say, oh yeah, I became a lot more humble at age 50. I did personally as well. So age 50, the orbit of Chiron is like this natural time of coming face to face with your vulnerabilities and trying to heal them. Just like a country, what we're going Mm -hmm. through now. Wow. And just so I understand the timing, so is Chiron really going to be in full force on December 14th? Has it been happening? Is it this lead up to it now? Mm, Great question. So it's actually been activated. In other words, Chiron moved into the sign of Aries, which is the U.S.'s Chiron back in It was the fall, September 30th of 2018. Mm -hmm. And Chiron will stay in a sign for a number of years. It doesn't peak exactly on the U.S.'s chart for another couple of years yet. It's a process. Mm -hmm. But why I uh, quoted December 14th, that will be the day where Mars, anger and aggression and will force is smashing up against Chiron. Mm. which happens to be, of course, the day when the Electoral College meets to cast their vote Mm. and to legitimize and certify our next president. So Mm. that's why that's such a very important day. And it shows there's going to be, if the U.S. was a person, that person might go through a temper tantrum. Mm. Okay, makes sense. So one of the other astrological events that has been top of mind for me, because you shared this with me in a one-on-one session that we did. So Cassandra and I do one-on-one sessions every quarter. Cassandra, remember I I said, I have to limit myself because I can't rely on you too much. But every quarter, I'm excited December is coming up because that'll be my next time I can come again. But the last time we had a session, you mentioned that Mars retrograde, which today on the day we're recording this is, I believe, going direct now today. So we're coming out of a Mars retrograde. You told me that Mars retrograde can mean that there could be some frustration around things like financial, things having to do with finances and money coming in. And there may be some frustration around that area. So what might we be able to expect now that we're coming out of this Mars retrograde? And then are there other things on that topic of financial security and abundance that we can be thinking about and looking to? Absolutely. Think of Mars retrograde. And that started on 9-9. And it is, uh, like you correctly said, Eastern Standard Time, where I'm in the East right now, uh, it shifts around 7.48 tonight. During a retrograde period of Mars, we're like in a simmering pot. We're feeling frustrated and irritated. And sometimes our anger and irritation and rage might come out inappropriately. 
So if everyone listening can reflect since the 9th of September, somewhere in your life, or could be with relationship or finance and so forth, depending on your chart, that super frustration, I can't do anything about this feeling is coming out. Now, as of tonight, the 13th, because it's going direct, we start to perhaps develop a strategy, like turn our rage into reason or turn our anger into action, I like to say. So actually, the direct Mars is a better Mars because we start thinking with our heads, not our hearts, and develop more strategic plans for money for abundance. And the other side of money is values. All right. So what do we really value? And I think that's also been an astrological message all year when people have been sheltering and limited in their external life, they may have had an enriched internal life and discovering on a spiritual level, on a mental level and emotional level, what really truly matters to them. So this is a good Mars going direct because we'll have more of a clear thought pattern about how we make choices in all areas of life. Yeah, I definitely relate to the anger. (laughs) And I guess it's more so not necessarily since September 9th, but even just recently in the past few days and a few of my other friends that I talked to are feeling the same way. So is there anything happening within the last three days that could be causing those types of feelings? Absolutely. I actually experienced it myself. (laughs) And um, with people I know and like and trust, I discovered that they totally misunderstood me. And so let's put that little hook on there. The frustration that you speak of cat perhaps also may have been associated with the frustration of miscommunication, missing the mark with communication and so forth. And communication is another huge umbrella of 2020 of getting our words misconstrued. Our intentions might not be, look at how slowly I'm articulating. I don't want to say the wrong word. (laughs) So... (laughs) Words matter more in 2020 than they have ever in some ways because of the astrological umbrella of the nodes being in the sign of Gemini. And that really got fired up in the past couple of days as of this taping. Because the planet Mercury, which is communication, went into Scorpio. And Scorpio is the great detective. And thinking outside of the box and digging deeply into some arenas. So therefore, people may have been in your life or other people's lives reading too much in what was being said and what was not being said. I don't know that you experienced that personally, ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think it's like these little things that are triggering. And I do think, yeah, it comes to communication. Yes, communication, words, misspeak, doublespeak, and it's all in anticipation of this Mars going direct. So either things are more internal or things are more external. And with Mars going direct tonight, it's also, again, life is complex, 
as of this taping, we're letting go of a whole lunation cycle. In other words, every month we have a new moon and we start our new new moon on the 15th of November. So during the dark of the moon, there's also a tendency to be quieter, a little bit more in the dark, let go and let God, let go and let the universe, don't work so hard, don't try so hard. That also lends itself to what you would call the past three days of frustration, I would think, Kat. Can you talk to us about the next big eclipse cycle and the next big eclipses and what to expect? Sure. So we started 2020 off with the um, energy of Cancer and Capricorn. That's the energy of authority over our personal life. Oh, gee. (laughs) (laughs) We've been um, directed, et cetera, by Capricorn authority, government, et cetera, into our most personal of our lives, which is uh, cancer and the home. So the next big dates to be very aware of are the eclipses in tandem that take place one on November 30th. That's a full moon lunar eclipse when the moon disappears. And number two, December 14th, a solar eclipse in Sagittarius. So eclipses are one of my favorite things to talk about because they are the backstory of any given year. So we are moving into, in the late 2020, early 2021, into this dance and polarization between the word facts and wisdom because we're only as wise as our facts. Mm. So as of November 30th, as we end this year, we may be feeling overwhelmed with various contradictory factoids. You know, is it real? Is it Memorex? Is this uh, news organization to be trusted? This is one of the reasons why independent people such as yourself are so valuable you know, to get independent voices into the marketplace of ideas, in my humble opinion. That's why I love working with you both. So that full moon is going to shake people's confidence into what's real, what's not. It already is. But then by December 14th, the solar eclipse is like a straight edge that says, this is wisdom, take it or leave it. (laughs) Be aware that we're into a new track because the solar eclipse, sun is about starting a new cycle. The lunar eclipse is about our emotions being tossed about like a little boat on the ocean and feeling we have no mooring. So November 30th, right after Thanksgiving, could be this topsy-turvy emotional cycle, which gets quelled and positioned in a more straight line as of the 14th of December, the solar eclipse. I'm just going to note that this episode will be coming out on the 25th, right ahead of Thanksgiving. So that'll be really top of mind. Exactly. Be aware that there will be a lot of controversy from an emotional guttural level that first two weeks of December, starting on November 30th, there may be some fears and talking and rhetoric and confusion, conflict. 
here's a suggestion. If we do indeed meet for Thanksgiving, let's put on our happy face and don't talk about the big two things, right? (laughs) (laughs) Politics, leave those at the door. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask if there's anything that you recommend in order for us to prepare ourselves most effectively for the eclipses. Great question, Kat. You know, I do a lot of uh, healing work uh, because I'm a trained shiatsu therapist and a massage therapist as well. So what I've been telling people to mitigate or neutralize outbursts and feelings of the operative emotion of anger, because that's the emotion of Gemini and Sagittarius when it's in its shadow side is anger. So I know where people are just listening, but they can visualize if they can to dealing with the anger points in their physical body. Uh, one anger point that they can get to, which is a shiatsu point, is literally taking their hands and patting their hips. Okay, so taking their hands and rubbing along the hips and rubbing the hips. And you'll find that that area on your body, for all of us, is extraordinarily tense and or tight. So I like to suggest that people make a fist and they rub up and down their hips and that will get what's called the gallbladder points, which is connected in my mind to Sagittarius and Gemini. And the other points would be right here along our clavicle and kind of press in. There's a collarbone or clavicle, press in and just do that when you're feeling you need to Want to burst, but you can't. So this will help mitigate some anger feelings as well. Mm. That's some self-care. Yeah. Well, you may have answered this with what we've been just talking about right now, but you know, this conversation is going to be released right ahead of Thanksgiving. And then right after that, I mean, so soon after that, we head into the end of year holidays. Based on what's happening astrologically right now, is there any other guidance you would have for those who are figuring out, you know, even amidst the pandemic, like how to be with their families again, or even just how to navigate family time right now where there's also division happening? It's a great question. I think we need our families and our friends now more than ever. And the other operative word of 2020, which has been mirrored by the sheltering in place and the sense of helplessness reflective of the pandemic has been that of isolation. So I believe with all my heart that if we can get into any sort of social space by preparing where the points of commonality are. And my theory about 2020, because we have this umbrella of rhetoric when no one really totally knows what's going on, we're we're losing confidence in our information sources and information creates what? Beliefs and wisdom. So let's leave that at the door, do these points I suggested. And prior to connecting with someone, just connect with shared memories, what you have in common, myself included. I have a dear friend. We do not share the same ideas or beliefs. And we agree on that. And I said to her, we agree on so many things. We're going to talk about that. And it's not really being manipulative. It's just being strategic because we need each other now more than ever. At the end of the day, you know, the microcosm is more important than the macrocosm, how we're treating each other. 
And if you really want to get into a spiritual reflection exercise, I think the original eclipses that took place in 2017, that was August 21st of 2017, you all might remember those eclipses. They literally went from coast to coast, from Oregon to Charleston, West Virginia, and they cut the country in two, north and south, Mm. a big band of darkness. And I am a very much a symbolism person. So really since 2017, and I'm not blaming a person or a situation. I'm looking at the astrology of the basis of this split. So perhaps it's incumbent upon all of us to do our best to think in terms of bridge building mm-hmm. in a very conscious way before we sit at the tables, uh, before we do a Zoom call, if we can't breathe the same air as our loved ones because mm. of the COVID. You know, oh yeah, remember when you were, and I went to uh, this happy time, we, we, we were out to dinner in Belgium. Well, we can't go there now for the next two years, but we'll remember the good times. So I think it's really <laughs> important <laughs> to come to that common ground. And I know that sounds Pollyannish, but that would be what I would suggest. Yeah. What about 2021? What are some of the big themes that we can look forward to on a personal level or just any key dates that we should be aware of? Hopefully it's a better year than this one. <laughs> I agreed, Kat. So if 2020 was the year of transformation and shakeup, 2021 is the year of rebuilding. So the eclipses will be again in Gemini and in uh, Sagittarius. So we want to keep a very special eye on the um, the eclipses of May and June. And I am apologetic because I don't have my 2021 firmly in my mind yet. I'm working on that for next weekend. I'm going to be doing some international seminars on 2021. So in any case, the theme is rebuilding. Important months to rebuild. February, that's when I think the virus is under control. August, June. And the positive side of 2021 is that Jupiter is going to be in the sign of Aquarius. Now, Aquarius is the sign of technology. Saturn is also going to be in Aquarius. Aquarius is the sign of technology. I think one of the really important things that might be coming down the pike for us in 2021 is a a very strong lens being looked at social media and how social media either adds to our life or subtracts from our lives. Because again, what you're feeding this, I'm pointing to my head, is what (laughs) creates our beliefs and often our fears or our abundance inside of here. So I think in an exciting way, my hope is that there'll be more scrutiny, more transparency regarding any social media platforms, any news organizations, and not necessarily restricting freedom, but understanding how they operate. Wow. One of the big dates, I know you mentioned it earlier that, you know, I'm going to have in my mind is that February date. I mean, February is not so far away. And so I think looking to that as this virus starting to get under control around that time makes me feel hopeful. So I just want to underscore that one again. And I also feel like, and maybe it's aligned to some of the things that you've shared that with that kind of coming out of this state of the world next year, 
I know for me, at least, like I'm going to appreciate that so much more than I did before. And so I hope that that kind of contributes to the energy as well. Agreed. I mean, the idea of being able to reach out without hardship and restriction with our friends and our family and literally enjoy freedom on a different level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things kind of specific to me that I wanted to ask you about is, you know, Kat shared the shadow stuff that's coming up for some people. For me, what I've been experiencing lately is this kind of being, is kind of this emotional highs and lows. And so feeling, you know, maybe particularly sensitive. And I know that there's cancer in my chart and maybe that is contributing to it, but I wonder, is there something going on right now that might be contributing to me or someone with a chart like mine having some of those emotional highs and lows? What can you tell us about that? Absolutely. So as you mentioned, cancer in all of our charts is our sensitive, empathic, intuitive, and nurturing area of our lives. So where you find cancer, you have been experiencing, not just now, but really all year long, the lineup of Capricorn energy, which is a sign of the other. So trying to integrate the other in your life, Stefania, won't get too personal here. (laughs) (laughs) But as someone that you love, trying to integrate that relationship in such a way that your vulnerability doesn't get hurt. Because cancer is a very sensitive, it will do anything for anyone, energy. Mm -hmm. But it's almost as if these Capricorn planets are, are opposing you. And I'm going to throw you into the same context as the United States of America. (laughs) The United States of America is a cancer country, right? So we feel, which is a cancer word, that we're being bombarded with so many demands, not just one, but multiple. And our vulnerability is coming into light. So that could be very much a high or much a low. And that begins to drop off and become a little bit more what we call stable after Jupiter and Saturn get out of Capricorn. And again, that's going to be starting on December 21st. Wow. Right before my birthday Mm -hmm. on the 22nd. Yeah. So I have Cancer and Capricorn probably at odds with everything that's going on right now. Right. The highs and the lows. Yes. Oh, okay. There we go. Is there anything we haven't asked you about that you feel like this is a big thing to cover in terms of what to expect? Sure. I think that I want to focus a little bit about Mr. Crazy Genius Planet Uranus. Mm. So Uranus is one of what we call the transpersonal planets. Not all planets are created equal in terms of their effect on each of us or on countries, etc. So Uranus in Taurus is inviting us to look at the ways that technology, again, because Uranus is a technological planet, affects rules, adds to our life, and perhaps the dangers therein. So there's been a lot of talk about this being a revolutionary time with technology. And Uranus is actually reflecting that fact since it moves very slowly, it's only in a sign every 84 years. So when I talked about February is being some sense of controlling of the virus and its spread, et cetera, 
I'm going to say that perhaps technology is a part of that because technology also rules breakthroughs, breakdowns, you know, vaccinations, for example, medicines. But there might be also a radical new way of orchestrating and arranging our everyday reality, whether it be in money-making, in work. I think the tendency and trend is for people to be working from home. That's another new landscape of 2021 because of the virus, but also because it might make more sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, With every gift comes some danger. So I think we'll all have to be more wide-eyed about the use of technology in our lives. Interesting. Something to think about. Yeah. Well, normally we close out and we ask uh, what experience has been your greatest teacher, but you have already been on, this is your second time on, and you've already shared that with us. You were on, I think it was episode, it was one of the teens. So if anyone hasn't listened to that, yeah, maybe 14, 15 or 16. But in place of that, Cassandra, can you share with us, what are some of the things that you're doing to take care of yourself right now? Excellent question, because I see myself, I explained this to my sister today. I said, sometimes I think of myself as a function. I, I function in the world by giving advice with astrology or giving healing. And that's how I rock and roll. I have a Virgo moon, lots of planets in Virgo. So I'm always doing service and I enjoy doing that. But what I've discovered throughout this past year is I need to take at least one day off a week. Mm. And that's my Fridays. <laughs> oh, and you're talking Amazing. to us on a Friday. Oh, well, see, this is fun. I love doing this. So. Oh. <laughs> and that's the problem. I love doing everything I do. But I, I would say this to anyone, manipulate and be a steward and judge and jury of your time. No matter what your life is like, do something and make an allegiance to your own schedule because we don't have a lot of choices, it seems, sometimes. And this is one of the reflections of 2020. Losing one's job, et cetera, you know, can't see our... I talked to a woman today at a store. She said, I'm so upset. I'm not going to be able to see my kids for the holidays because, you know, I'm in New York State. Well, the reality is we do always have some free will We do have some discretion and discernment over how we spend our time and to do little pockets of joy in that time frame, no matter how short those pockets are, Mm -hmm. to do something for pure pleasure. That could be one of the best ways of doing self-care. I mean, we know that going to the gym is a good thing if the gym is open, and those are the have-tos. We know it's a good thing to, you know, cook well, those are have-tos. Do something that's more frivolous and spontaneous, and that will help us get through these still trying times. I love that. I think it's so important because we have lost a little bit of that spontaneity with the, like, you kind of just know what's going to happen every day. So I think that's a really good reminder and something that I'm going to think about for sure. And I think it helps us to, and this was one of the things you shared last time, you know, surrender to You talked about it in the context of the cycles of astrology. So I think we can think about it like that, but also just surrender in general, because I think when we are orienting toward joy or making time for that, there tends to be more of a lightness and that kind of an allowing as well. Yeah. I want to share something personal with you both. 
I uh, spent yesterday with a dear friend as she was receiving chemotherapy for cancer. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the uh, day, I was with her from 11 o'clock in the morning until seven at night. And yes, she has a serious illness and she is having very serious treatments. But she said, thank you. That was such a fun memory because I was doing reflexology on her. We were laughing. You know, we were, were teasing the nurses. Again, I'm not trying to make light of something so serious, but it really was a good day. She mm-hmm. said, next time I have it, I want you to come with me because we could do spa day again. Aww, <laughs> that's, that's very so fun. nice. Yeah. So, oh boy, there's always a silver lining in every yeah. darkness. Yeah. And I think that's a really good example and point and like how we can bring just a little bit of joy to everyday life in some way, like no matter what we're doing, it doesn't have to be like this whole planned out thing of, oh, I'm going to go and do this thing I'm really excited about. It could just be integrating more joy into the day-to-day. And Stefania and I have been talking about that too. Like even in our meetings, like how can we just bring more excitement and joy and laughter? Because it makes such a difference. It does. And I think, again, we humans are so flexible and innovative and creative. And I like to say that when we allow ourselves to be creative, it's like love and action. Love and creativity are in the same place in the astrology chart, the fifth house. So when we can play more, be creative more in even difficult contexts, that's when we are being loving. Well, thank you so much for this. I think that you've given us a lot of great things to think about, a lot of things to look forward to. And also everyone, you know, look for where Aries and Cancer are in your chart. And you can kind of go through some of the things that Cassandra shared. Thank you so much. If someone wants to work with you, where's the best place for them to find you? And we'll make sure to link everything in the show notes too. Thank you so much, ladies. I'm at www.cassandrajoanbutler.com. Perfect. And you guys know this already, but I highly recommend working with Cassandra. I already said this. I work with her a lot and Catherine has as well. And you're in for a treat if you book a session with her. You both are so wonderful. And I love being a part of the Vera group here. Yes. Such a treat to have a full conversation. Everyone loves your monthly look ahead so much. Yes. Thank you so much, Cassandra. I always love talking to you and hearing all of your astrological guidance. My great pleasure, Kat. All right. Well, we hope that you enjoyed that episode with Cassandra as much as we did. I love talking to Cassandra. She always has such a great perspective on what's happening in the world and also personally from an astrological perspective and shares so much insight. There's also some key dates that we should be aware of as well for this year and next. You're here with Catherine Griffiths based in Sydney, Australia and Stefania Romeo based in Los Angeles, California. We'll catch you next time. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show.